We all need heroes every now and then. <laughs> what is up, OTC listeners? Another episode of the OTC Outside the Comics podcast is in your life. Here we are now at episode 18 on this fine and rainy day. I swear, I think the middle of July is like probably one of the most bipolar months with the exception of winter and summer just being either extremely hot or extremely cold like literally for the past few days it's just been on and off on and off raining and it's like come on now make up your minds like make up your minds I mean now and then when you go outside to like work or do any or do something and then you bring your rain jacket and then you want to take it off but then it's too humid or you put it on, it's too humid, you take it off, it rains, and then it's like on and off, you're like, oh, come on, like, Mother Nature, what the hell are you doing to me? <laughs> but, you know, like I said, July, it, it, it is what it is, like, it is what it is. So, let's get down to business. Uh, whew, a lot to cover today, a lot to cover indeed, the... Trailers that dropped from San Diego Comic Con this past weekend. I hope the guys, I hope you guys that did go or heard about it, uh, you've had a good time. You were able to see a lot of groovy trailers. I know I have. There were a lot more panels that showed up at Comic Con or that were playing at Comic Con. I didn't get to see all of them because I have a feeling that they might spoil a thing or two. Like, I believe there was one for Wonder Woman 2 or Wonder Woman 1984 to be exact. And uh, there was another one for um, Into the Spider-Verse. And I actually read on a article about a potential spoiler that I did not... I kind of saw it coming, but I, I'm like, oh, wow, I could have, you know, been psyched and shocked to see it. But who... I know it feels like I'm jumbling on and on, but at the same time, it's like... Alright, I don't want to read anymore because I don't want to spoil myself anymore, but definitely a lot more trailers dropped than usual. Uh, I saw a lot of cool action figures, including the gigantic Lego Thanos statue, and I'm like, wow, whoever detailed that was extremely good. Um, there was a action figure that I saw for Beast Wars. You guys remember Beast Wars? Like, Beast Wars was the shit. Be In my personal opinion, I know it's not the original Transformers, but to me, it, like, to me, it was the Transformers. Like, like not the animated uh, Transformers thing that we see, no. I'm talking about animation-style CGI-type Beast Wars with the white tiger and the leopard and the gorilla and all that stuff like those those were the shit back in the day definitely saw those in the 90s Ooh, nostalgia coming back nostalgia coming back indeed but I saw a lot of groovy stuff and I just wish that I could go there although now I'm more excited to see um not really to see but to go to New York Comic Con which again is going to be from October 4th through the 7th and I'm going to go on the 4th. And I know exactly what to get. I know exactly what to wear. Uh, I have a feeling that I'm going to be probably be um, ordering my stuff. I would say within the next week. So once again, as always, we have DC news. A lot more 
DC news and Marvel. Not not really uh, that many Marvel news in general, but a lot of news that pertains to a particular director, Guardians of the Galaxy, James Gunn. We're gonna get into that controversy in the in a minute. Um, just want to give a small update. Next week will be uh the last episode of the podcast until i have to go away for a couple of weeks uh due to work purposes uh next week i believe is august was it second or the third or is it july july 31st no no july 31st because the saturday is the 27th sunday 28 monday 29 tuesday wednesday okay so wednesday july 31st will be uh my podcast that will be the last one of the month until I go away for a while and then I return literally two weeks later. So after next week, there won't be any more episodes for the podcast for the next couple of weeks after. Um, which means when I return, uh, I believe it's the week of the 20th that I come back in August. I'm going to have to cover a lot of segments. I'm going to have to cover a lot of news. I don't know how long the podcast episode is going to be, but I definitely want to catch up on everything and definitely talk about my thoughts on certain things and, you know, the whole nine yards. So, yeah, that's pretty much what's going to happen. Um, so, before we go into it, uh, some DC news, Marvel stuff going on. We have super villain quote of the week. And we have the new thing that I debuted last week, Did You Know? And yeah, that's about it. Let's get right into it, shall we? <clears throat> this episode of the podcast is brought to you by our non-sponsor, Anchor. If you're looking to make a podcast of your own so you can get your friends and your family to hear what you want to say, then go online and download the Anchor app right now on your phone or on your computer. It's free and you can record anything you want, create segments as you want, and make and share and have other people listen to as much as you want. And if you don't want to do any of that, you can listen to Anchor. Listen to anybody you want on Anchor, like myself included. A guy that is in the attic of a house that thinks that he knows what he's talking about. And he has no idea what he's talking about, but you know what? He brings the comic book news, the comic book movie news, directly towards you. Get Anchor right now. Subscribe, share, and everything else. <laughs> I swear, if I'm actually going to go into the radio or voiceover business, I have to do a lot better than that. I have to do way better than that. So, uh, let's dive into the controversial stuff before we start over San Diego Comic-Con and I'm going to save the DC news for last. Usually I would put it first, but I'm going to save that for last. So first and foremost, around a couple of days after last Wednesday if I'm not mistaken, James Gunn, the director for Guardians of the Galaxy has been fired from Disney. Because apparently online has resurfaced a couple of tweets that he wrote about over 10 years ago. 
And a lot of people, in terms of my friends and a few others, wanted to get my thoughts on this and wanted to get other people's thoughts and, like, formulate a conclusion about all of this. Um, I have to admit, when I first heard about the news, I thought, okay, what exactly could he have possibly said that would have made him get fired? Like, that's what's my original thought. Then I saw the tweets. I, I saw the messages on, um, online. And I saw the dates, and I'm like, hold on, this was over 10 years ago. Wait, he got fired for that? And it's, it's, it's like, I don't know, like, it's, I, I, I can see both sides of views, because on one hand, who, whatever you say online... And if you're re represented by a particular company or if you're representing a company, especially a multi-billion dollar corporation like Disney, like Fox and like uh, whoever, then, yeah, you got to watch your P's and Q's. However, if it's from your past, like if it's from something that you've done from your past, as long as you don't really commit a crime, I don't see what the main excessive thing is. Um... Uh, I, uh, apparently a few people listening to this have no idea what I'm talking about, but, um, let me see if I can try to find the tweets. I think they try to get rid of them online, and it has something to do with pedophilia and some racist jokes, if I'm not mistaken. And, once again, when I saw it, like, I literally had no idea what to think at first. Because, obviously, pedophilia is not something to joke about, obviously. But yet, a lot of people do it when it comes to, like, I don't know, comedy or stand-up comedy or whatever the case. They kind of do it all the time. And on the other hand, it's like, well, what exactly is... Where do we draw the line here, basically? You know? Um, Alright, uh, here's one of them, if I'm not mistaken. I believe this is it. Okay, here's, here's one of the tweets. Uh, Honesty is the best policy. Tell your three-year-old you're laughing, thinking of me fucking 3PO. He'll appreciate it when older. Okay, he's clearly joking about having sex with the three with the minor. All right. The next one, I'm doing a big Hollywood film ad uh, ad yeah. Sorry, getting tongue tied. I'm doing a big Hollywood film adaptation of The Giving Tree with a happy ending. The tree grows back and gives the kid a blowjob. About to vomit as I'm stuffed with a toothy. A tooth, whatever that word is, and eggplant. I'm Louis Andersoning my ass out. Just the fat, not the little boys. Um. Okay. Um. This hotel shower is the weakest ever. Felt like a three-year-old was peeing on my head. And this was. Trying to see if I can find the dates. 
Okay, so the one about the giving tree and the blowjob is says September 19th, 2011. The the one about the um three-year-old was peeing on my head, March 12th, 2011. Uh I can't find the one with the fucking 3PO thing. Um Wow, these are like not now that I see it, these are a lot of obscene tweets. Here's an interesting one. Mary Matthews just told me a story about how a monkey jerked off to completion on a kid on the set of... Huh, my phone is buzzing. Mary Matthews just told me a story about how a monkey jerked off to completion on a kid on the set of Max Keeble's Big Move. Okay. Um... Oh, here's another one that was obscene. The Expendables was so manly, I fucked the shit out of the little pussy boy next to me. The boys are back in town. This was from... August 15th, 2010? Looks like 2010. I don't know, the picture is so blurry. Anyway, you guys get my point. So, by reading all of these tweets... And everything that I just read, those are words from James Gunn himself on his Twitter page. Now, I get it. People do a lot of stupid shit. Sometimes there are consequences to people's actions. I completely understand that. I'm no saint myself. People that are listening to this are no saint themselves. We all do stupid shit. We write about things that we don't mean. We write about things that are in the moment... Sometimes uh, I think a comedian once said that sometimes it's best to laugh about every single thing in the world. Otherwise, um, like everything would be tabooed or whatever. Listen, everything is subjective no matter what, right? Do I condone him for saying things like that? Absolutely. Huh. Phone is buzzing again. Huh. Definitely need to switch, switch over to my computer. Um... Do I condemn? Do I condone things uh, for that? Absolutely not. Do I accept it? Not really. Like, do I stand for it? Hell no. But is this worth something to get fired over when it's written literally close to a decade ago? I'm gonna have to be honest. No. From what I've been hearing and from what I've been reading in terms of articles, like you try to try you try to get the full picture of the actual story, right? You want to know how a person is with others. You want to know how a person is with um you know with, with certain people who he interacts with, who he works with, how his family looks at him, and so on and so forth, right? Um is there a crime committed here? No, absolutely not. So do I think that he should have been fired by Disney because of stuff that he wrote when he's when he was a clearly immature mindset? I would have to say no. You know, it's not like Roseanne who last month dressed up as Hitler. If you if you guys never heard about this, Roseanne you know, the the big woman famous TV show from the 80s and 90s. 
Um, she made a racist remark about Jews where she dressed up as Hitler and she told old Jewish jokes about burning them in the oven or something like that. That's excessive. That to me is excessive because she's actually committing those acts by actually, you know, dressing up as one of the most despised people ever in the history of history, right? Um... James Gunn did not kill anyone. He did not murder anyone. I'm sure as hell sure that he didn't rape anybody. He did not molest anybody. As far as what we know. Um, Like I said. I don't think this was excessive enough to get fired over. And although. He admitted. That he was wrong during that time. He completely understands Disney's decision. For letting him go. Um, he wishes that he can move forward. He's learned from his mistakes. Blah, blah, blah. Right? So, my question is this. At what point do we stop seeing people from who they were from their past to who they are now? Now, don't get me wrong. There are way more despicable... Sh- I know this is such a taboo subject. But this is there are way more despicable shit that people do... Back in the past that are completely unforgivable. Rape, torture, murder, all the above. You name it, right? But who you were back then in terms of writing a few things, saying things that you don't mean. And if you learned from it and if you grew from it. And if you're a better human being to where you are now. Then you shouldn't be condemned for that particular thing. That's all I'm trying to say. Um... I get it. Some people view things differently. Other people are hurt by this. And, you know, maybe, maybe he he does deserve to get punished for what he did. Maybe. I don't know. I'm trying to look at it from both sides of views. However, if we're going to drop that coin and we're going to go into the dark web, Disney, in a way, is becoming very hypocritical for the stuff that they've done as well. If you don't believe me, look at the past movies of the past Walt Disney movies that people no that have been made that had some form of racism, sexism, or any other taboo subject that could be just as bad as what James Gunn wrote. For example, off the top of my head, Dumbo. You guys remember Dumbo? The elephant with the big ears. He was tormented, he was made fun of, um, his mother got ridiculed, uh, he got ridiculed for it, his mother tried to stop him and save him as best he could, you know, that, that movie, it, it showed a lot more important lessons, right? Towards the ending of the third act, there were the Jim Crow stuff going on, the Jim Crow controversies. Those crows, those dancing, singing crows, was a representation of the black Jim Crow from way back in history. I don't remember exactly for what it was, but I remember reading something about it. And that movie was a clear depiction of the Jim Crow stuff that was going on back when slavery was done. Okay? And they put that in a kid's movie. In a fucking cartoon kid's movie. Okay, um, uh, whew, what, what else, what else, oh man, what, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure, like, if you watch any other Disney film or whichever, 
there are always things that goes on that's between the lines. Hell, Walt Disney himself was known, history known as an anti-Semite. A guy that specifically hated Jews. So, in my personal opinion, where does the fine line go from who a person was back then to who they are now if they have not committed a crime? Right? Did Walt Disney commit any crimes before? Not that we know of. Should we deem his actions for what he's done? Probably not. Um, all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, sometimes you have to look at the bigger picture and we can't be hypocritical in terms of other, other when we judge other people. We just can't because every person makes their mistakes. Now, like I said, this is not me condoning James Gunn's actions in any way, shape or form. What he said, which I just read a lot of, by the way, which I just read. It is fucked up. It it is definitely fucked up. But should he have gotten fired for it as director for Guardians 3, fired by Disney? I don't think so. And if you go online right now, there's already a petition for him to get hired back by Disney. And it already exceeded well over 15,000 signatures within the first week. So, I'm not the only one that's apparently thinking about this, and there are probably a lot more examples or a lot more justifications in terms of why he should not be fired and why Disney should watch their P's and Q's, especially when they've made shady stuff back in the day as well, you know? And if it's a black guy to Hollywood, I mean, come on, Hollywood is not really the safest thing that goes on either. You guys know what I'm talking about. A lot of the taboo stuff that goes on behind the scenes. Or how about certain women that would sleep with directors in order to get certain parts. Or how men would manipulate certain actions when it comes to roles or, um, uh, you know, or, or, or how, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if this guy worked for Disney as well. If you guys remember Victor Salva, he was a director for, um... The, cla the cult following uh, Jeepers Creepers films. And I think he worked for Disney at one point. I'm not completely sure about it. But he was brought up on char charges because he molested a 12-year-old. Now that is completely fucked up. Way worse than what James Gunn did. Way fucking worse. Um, and yet directors, I'm sorry, studios kept on hiring left and right knowing what he did. That would have been excessive. Now, it's in a way, it's like comparing. I know I'm comparing apples to oranges here, but or apples to bricks. But all I'm saying is, I don't think James Gunn deserved to get fired for what happened. Maybe fined, maybe suspended, if there is that. Maybe some other action, but. Hey, all, all we know is time will tell. All we know is time will tell. Um, if the firing is permanent, who would be the next person to direct Guardians of the Galaxy 3? The script is already done. Who would be the person to direct it? 
And most likely would have to be someone that understands James Gunn's visions. But then again, no matter how much you try to replicate somebody, if it's not original, if it's not from the original source, it's going to show and it's going to show very quick in terms of the art form. So at this point, we're just waiting to see what happens. Whew. Wow, that's a, that was a lot for me talking about James Gunn. Should have had its own segment. <laughs> but in terms of everything else that happened this weekend, San Diego Comic-Con 2018, a lot of trailers dropped. We got the Aquaman trailer, directed by James Gunn. Saw the trailer numerous times, and I have to say, I'm psyched to see Aquaman. I really am. I was psyched from the poster, I was psyched from the massive sea dragon instead of that bullshit seahorse that he always rides back then in the 90s and in the early cartoons. I'm very excited to what Aquaman can do. Um, Mira looks awesome. Like, Mira looks awesome. Like, I have a, th- I, I kind of have a thing for redheads, like, for crimson redheads. Um, like when they dye their hair very, very red, like I, I actually enjoy it. I actually enjoy it a lot. Mira looks badass. Um, Black Manta looks cool. Orn looks cool or Orb. I'm sure it's Orn. I'm sure it's Orn, his half brother. Um, the special effects looks awesome. Atlantis looks awesome. Um, everything looks pretty, pretty cool. Here was something that a friend of mine actually, um, He brought this to my attention, and I saw the trailer probably three or four times, and he brought this to my attention. He said that the plot for Aquaman, what we saw from the trailer, looks very, very, very similar to what was going on in Black Panther. Think about it. A revolution is going on to take to annihilate a specific race in terms of humans. You have a king... That is trying to face off against someone for their rightful throne, right? And then there's going to be an all-out battle that happens towards the end. I kind of get from his point of view, but at the same time, this isn't really anything new. These ideas were made probably many times before. From war movies to um, fantasy films to... Uh, movies about adventure, movies about battles, like, you know, off the top of my head, Lord of the Rings, for example, or, um, uh, I don't know, some of, some other revolutionary films. So I kind of understand from, from what he's talking about. Um, nevertheless, I'm actually excited to see the movie. Uh, I think my favorite scene out of all of them would probably be what looks like the Mosasaur, where someone is riding the Mosasaur. I believe it's Aquaman himself riding the Mosasaur, and it just takes a big chump right before the credits um, begin. And I'm like, oh snap, that that looks pretty badass. I don't know. I think this is kind of it's kind of a um a throwback to watching Jurassic World both movies. Something about a Mosasaur that I actually like. I don't know. I'm always fascinated with giant creatures like that. But, nevertheless, Aquaman looks pretty cool. 
Um, I don't understand why when they talk underwater that bubbles don't come out. Like, don't you think that maybe bubbles or some air bubbles would come out or... Like, they're, like, they're literally talking underwater like it's normal. I don't know. It's probably a little nitpicky thing. But, either way, trailer looks badass. Next trailer, we got Shazam! The Shazam trailer. And, I have to be honest, I'm still not pumped up to see Shazam. There's something about him that I really... I'm not really into. Um... From the trailer, uh, it, it, it looks like it, it, it's very similar to the movie Big from Tom Hanks. If you guys remember that movie from the 90s, that's another cult classic. Um, little kid becomes an adult, tells his friend, and all of a sudden he's getting freaked out. There's definitely a reference to Big. There, there's, there's no mistake about that. And there was a point in the trailer where... You know, he's all excited, like he's actually testing the superheroes, he's, he's, uh, he's testing himself being a superhero, super strength, super speed, if he can fly, if he's bulletproof, um, you know, things like that. So he's basically another Superman. And the whole idea about Shazam is the fact that, you know, a little kid gets to be a superhero, which is kind of the main foundation of what other, so many superhero fans as children were. I mean, that was definitely my fascination. And this kid, Billy Banston, 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 um, I'm so bad with names. Uh, Billy Banston is actually uh, portraying. The colors of the costume looks very vibrant. The scarlet red, um, the yellow on how it pops. The colors look amazing. Um, Shazam definitely looks like it could be a fun movie. Am I looking forward to it? You can say that I am, in a way. Um, I'm interested to see how he's going to meet up with the other members of the Justice League. I'm interested to see if there's going to be a Superman cameo in the movie. Spoilers, by the way. If there's going to be... Probably, probable spoilers. If there's going to be a Superman cameo in the movie. That's that's definitely interesting. Uh, something interesting to look forward to. Shazam looks pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Other trailers, Godzilla King of Monsters, the Godzilla sequel that we've gotten. Um, apparently, the, uh, there are other monsters that are introduced, like the giant, um, other giant monsters that is going to face against him. Um... Since I was a kid, I've always wa liked watching Godzilla. I've always enjoyed watching the uh, the animated TV show, the anim the animated TV sh the animated TV show. Uh, from from the depths, nearly thrown as high, in the sky, Godzilla, 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 and Godzuki. That thing, and there was always a group of people that would. Uh, try to call Godzilla for whatever problem that they needed, and Godzilla literally lives in the bottom of the ocean and just comes up and he's like, that, that thing. So that was pretty cool. Um, I hope from, from what I've seen from the trailer, I hope they show more of Godzilla in this movie than they did in the first one, because for the, the first movie, 
they barely showed Godzilla whatsoever. Like, they really did. They, they teased the fuck out of the viewers when Godzilla was shown. So, Godzilla King of Monsters. Apparently, the other monsters are not called Kaijus. They're called Tohos. I don't know what the hell that means, but to me, they'll always be Kaijus. So, nothing wrong with that. Um, another thing. And IGN actually picked up on this. Not really a Comic-Con trailer, or maybe it was, I just didn't see it. Dragon Ball Super, the Broly trailer. Now, when I first heard about this, I, I know it's not a comic book, but, you know, it's a Japanese manga, and manga is a part of a comic, so sue me. It's my show, I do what I want. Um, when I heard about this, I, I rolled my eyes, I'm like, alright, Broly, really, they're gonna bring him back? It's, it's nothing new. So then I realized, okay, they're making Broly canon, and what they're doing is they're trying to make him better than what he was portrayed from. From the trailers, Broly not only faces off against Goku and Vegeta, but he also faces off against Frieza. So that's pretty interesting. Um, Paragus, his father, old man Paragus, he actually looks pretty cool. Broly looks better in terms of the full Saiyan armor or the full armor. Um, what I liked about the trailer was the fact that they originated, not originated, but the original animation, the animation directors from the original Dragon Ball Z before Super came about actually goes in back and forth when it switches and that looks pretty, pretty cool. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, look at the trailer, look at Vegeta's face when he smiles right before Broly is about to punch him, and the animation style, I forgot who the director's name was, but it's all crisp, it looks neat, and it's like from the side, and it's like his full facial expression, that looks pretty cool, like I enjoy that animation style from Dragon Ball Z, I've always been a fa I've always been a fan of it, it's probably another reason why I can't get into Super that much. For one thing, um, I feel like Dragon Ball Z should have ended where it was with Majin Buu. Dragon Ball GT, even though it's not canon, it's more of a what-if storyline. I enjoyed some aspects about that. Uh, with Dragon Ball Super, Broly is supposed to be coming out towards the ending of the year. Which is probably around the same time Aquaman is going to come out and Spider-Man is in the Spider-Verse. So that's going to be another thing to look forward to, definitely around Christmas time. I wonder if um, they're going to explain explain Broly's origin a lot better and explain his motivation in terms of why he wants to fight Goku a lot better than the first movie. For those of you who are diehard Dragon Ball Z fans, you guys know what I'm talking about. The Dragon Ball Z Broly movie where Broly, badass character that he is, like no one could barely touch him. But his motivation to fight Goku didn't make any sense. Like, spoilers for those who haven't seen Dragon Ball Z Broly. Um, in the original movie, apparently, from what I'm able to understand, they had an exposition, uh, exposition scene where Broly, both Broly and Goku, Kakarot, was crying. And Goku was wailing. He was fucking wailing, just crying, just crying, just crying. And then he made Broly cry because Goku was crying. And that is 
apparently the main reason why Broly wants to fight Goku? Wants to kill him? Again, that motivation, like, it's probably one of the most dumbest things the Dragon Ball Z creators have ever came up with when it comes to this particular character. Like, as badass as he is, as brolic as he looks, as, you know, as menacing and dangerous and, and things like that, when he's always yelling, Kah! He's, he, like, he's, he, that's one of my favorite things about Broly, when he's always yelling, Kakarot! That shit, like, again, the motivation didn't make any sense. Like, it's, it's not really something that I can take seriously. So hopefully, for this movie, they retcon that, and actually give him a better understanding in terms of why he wants to fight the Saiyans, why he wants to kill them, why he wants to destroy everything in his path. Um, so yeah, Dragon Ball Super, Broly, coming out at the end of this year. That's going to be something to look forward to. Whew, talked a lot about that. There were other things that dropped as well. We got the Fantastic Beast uh, sequel trailer, The Crimes of Grin uh, Grindelwald. Grindelwald. I really don't know too much about the Fantastic Beast storyline. I'm like a lot of people where I'm just going to watch the movie and just um, accept for what it is. Um, for those of you who don't know, um, the story actually takes place uh, in the 1920s in New York. Uh, instead of the 1990s and early 2000s in London, which is where Harry Potter um, started. So... The fact that it's been written by J.K. Rowling herself proves that the story is canon. Like, the story is definitely canon. Um, Johnny Depp looks pretty cool. I'm interested to see how uh, what the other characters are going to be like. There's going to be a lot of returning characters. Um, so, yeah. Fantastic Beasts. Crimes of G uh, Grindelwald. 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 The Crimes of G, coming to us, a theater new you, very, very soon. I, th I think next year, if I'm not mistaken. If I'm not mistaken, no, it's this year, possibly around September. September and October, or November. One of those three months. Probably one of them. But yeah, that's pretty much all I've been able to find out from San Diego Comic-Con. Like I said, there were other stuff that goes on, uh, more footage from Venom, uh, more confirmation of Into the Spider-Verse, but I definitely don't want to get into that because one, I didn't want to spoil myself, and two, I don't want to spoil anybody else that is looking forward to those movies because I'm a huge Spider-Man fan myself. Um, oh, that just reminded me. I did read an article about Venom, and the director explained why they don't have the white spider chest on his um on his on his arsenal on his, on his not arsenal on his body. And apparently the director said that because this Venom story is not originated from Spider-Man, he wanted to make the look a little bit more authentic and wanted him to get his own look. Which is why you don't really see the big spider um, symbol on, it, on his chest. Which makes a lot of sense because from what I'm, from what I'm able to understand, Spider-Man has nothing to do with the dark universe that Sony is trying to portray with Venom with uh Morbius the vampire Morbius 
uh, with, I believe, Silver and Black. With Silver Sable and Black Cat. If they are going to go through with that project. So, from what I've been told, I don't think... From what I've... I'm not what I've been told. From what I've read, I don't think Spider-Man is going to have anything to do with them. Hopefully, we get some kind of Easter egg. Maybe we can get like a Tom Holland cameo. I would love to see Tom Holland against Tom Hardy. Spider-Man versus Venom. Like an actual Spider-Man versus Venom fight on the big screen. Spider-Man 3 does not count. That that shit to me does not count. No. I want an actual Spider-Man versus Venom. Hell, I want a Spider-Man versus Venom in Carnage. You know what? Better. I want a Spider-Man... With Ben Riley, the Scarlet Spider, on the big screen versus Venom and Carnage. You know what? Give me everything. I don't care. I'm a massive Spider-Man fan. <laughs> I'm a massive Spider-Man fan. But that's it. That's all the news from coming from, uh, to us from San Diego Comic-Con and everything Marvel-related. So now we're going to delve into DC. The DC News. Speaking of DC, I completely forgot, uh, not completely forgot, I just remembered, this weekend, Teen Titans Go to the movies uh, is going to be dropping this Friday night, July 27th, and apparently it already has a 100% score on Rotten Tomatoes, which is very interesting because... Rotten Tomatoes is very biased on certain movies and certain films. They usually don't give something 100% until literally weeks after and until a movie is extremely perfect. Hmm, that's very interesting. But, if Rotten Tomatoes gave it 100%, even though I'm sure that number is going to drop a little bit with weeks to come, I'm actually excited to see it. Uh, I'll probably do a... Uh, spoiler-free review for next week. Not a spoiler-filled review, because, you know, I'm not going to dive into the aspects of a animated movie, especially about Teen Titans. I mean, if you pretty much saw the trailer, you pretty much know everything of what's going to happen. So, if anything, this movie, most likely, even though it's for kids, is going to be also for adults to have fun with. And it'll probably even be a prelude of what we're going to see with Titans uh, once the DC Universe streaming service goes down. So that's going to be something to look forward to. But yeah, this weekend, Teen Titans Go to the movies. Coming this weekend. You haven't gotten your ticket yet? Go see it. Go take your kids. Don't take Go take your, your girlfriend. Go take your boyfriend. Go take, uh, go take yourself if you are single, you know? Just have fun and have a good time. <laughs> so, go on to another DC news, shall we? There's a rumor that The Batman, which is going to be directed by Matt Reeves, will be inspired by Year One, the comic Batman Year One, which will feature Harvey Dent and the beginnings of Batman himself. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't we already see a few incarnations of that? Oh, I don't know. How about Batman Begins from Christopher Nolan? Or how about Batman Arkham Origins, the game for the PS4? Or PS3. <laughs> um, or the movie Batman Year One, the animated movie. 
Like, we've pr- pretty much seen incarnations of the beginnings of Batman numerous times over. Hell, Batman from 1989 that starred Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson. There you go. Like, that's 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 something um, interesting to, like, fathom. I don't know. Like, I feel like it's not going to be anything new. But at that, but at this point, it's like you know what? We're gonna enjoy it no matter what. If it is gonna be Batman Year One, I'm very interested to see who's gonna play the Cape Crusader. I don't think it is gonna be a young Ben Affleck, and if it is, then it's gonna be like, all right, whatever. Like at this point, we're just gonna accept it, and it is what it is. So that's a rumor. It's not confirmed. It's not 100% confirmed. Speaking of Batman. Uh, last week I said the trailer for Titans dropped, and there was a point where Robin is mowing down people, possibly killing someone by stepping on their neck, and he uttered the lines, fuck Batman. And Jeff Johns, one of the representatives for Warner Brothers now, uh, he says... That the reason why he said that, which I kind of understand, I think I touched base upon this a little bit last week. See, a lot of people don't know this, and this is probably going to be a slight spoilers, but here's here's what you need to here's what you need to understand. For a long time, Robin Dick Grayson Robin has always been Batman's sidekick. He's always been uh, there with him. He's always fought crime with him. Yada yada yada. Right? Okay, uh, the dynamic duo, Batman and Robin. You pretty much know the gist, right? At some point when Robin gets slightly older, he realizes that Batman actually takes a toll on him in terms of who he is as a person, in terms of who he is as a human being. He gets fed up eventually with being in Batman's shadow. He wants to be his own person. He wants to have his own lifestyle. He doesn't want to be the Batman. He wants to be his own individual. So at some point in his life... He leaves Batman so he can pursue his own interests. In the comics, what happened was, as Dick Grayson leaves Batman, he comes across to Superman, right? This could be my did you know aspect, but this is going to be like a like a slight history. He comes out, he, he meets Superman, right? And in the original comics, Superman says that there was a Kryptonian that wanted to do the good for every uh, person that he knows. That he basically wanted to be the greatest hero that he ever lived. He called himself Nightwing. Dick Grayson was inspired by that. And donned on the Nightwing costume. The Nightwing persona. So what persuaded him to be Nightwing. Was in a way a direction from Superman. Because he wanted to step out of Batman's shadow. Which is why he left Gotham. And pursued his actions in Bloodhaven. If you guys don't believe me, I'm, I'm sure it the story kind of retconned a little bit in the New 52 version. Because what I just said was the original version of the comics from the 1940s on. Um, if you guys want to read more about it, go to your local comic book store. Go download the X-Comics app online and read the Nightwing series. Read Nightwing and his lifestyle of what he goes through after he leaves Batman. And it's and they're definitely fascinating reads. If you're a huge fan of Batman, if you're a huge fan of sidekicks, if you've been a huge fan of Robin, Nightwing, or any of them combined, 
I highly encourage for you to read the Nightwing series. They're they're actually pretty cool. By the way, just the just to point out, my favorite um Nightwing like wear, like my favorite Nightwing costume wear is definitely the red one, the new 52 one instead of the blue one. I don't know, like the blue one it seems I understand that's his original that's his original thought, but I feel like something that connects all of the Robins together is some form of red color, which could be a representation of their passion and their fire for what they believe in. I could be diving too much into it, but think about it. You have the New 52 Nightwing, which is red and black. You have Red Robin, Tim Drake version. Then you have Red Hood, Jason Todd. Then you have Damian Wayne, who... I fucking hate, but also wears red in some way, shape, or form. So, I don't know. Or the fact that I could be justifying all of this considering that my favorite color is red. So, there's that. Uh, Jeff Johns also continued to say that each character of the Titans is pretty much lost in their lives. And Robin is basically dealing with his past that considered a lot of Batman. So that's a very interesting perspective to think about. Um, I talked about last week on how I don't like certain continuities when they change and they change characters from time to time. But in a way, now that I think about it, it does kind of make sense for Robin to actually be like this. Now, if he did step on the guy's neck and killed somebody, I don't know. I'm kind of drawing the line on that because I feel like that's Jason Todd's, you know thing of what to do and not Nightwings, but I don't know. That's that's just a give and take. But I'm excited to see Titans a lot more now because of it. I really, really am. Uh, What else? What other news has been going on? Oh, yeah. um, A friend of mine says that he's freaked out that Wonder Woman 1984 is not technically a sequel. He read an article saying, and he sent this to me, Saying that Wonder Woman 1984 is not technically a sequel. It's a new chapter. It's a new story. Um, It's a prequel to what the events went on in the Justice League. There's no mistake about that. But is it a sequel to the direction of Wonder Woman and what's been going on? Kind of. Because however you, like, what you think about it, it is definitely a sequel to Wonder Woman herself. It may not be a sequel to the movie, but it's a sequel to the character in terms of her lifestyle. The villain Cheetah, played by Kristen Wiig, is going to be there. Um, We all know that it's going to take place within the Cold War. And we also know that we're going to have a glimpse in terms of, um, not Chris Pratt, which Chris, not Chris Evans. Oh, man. The actor that played Steve Trevor, basically. That Chris. Uh, we know that he's going to be in the movie, too. I, th- I think it's going to be through a flashback. It's pretty much how I believe it's going to happen. Um, I believe that... Uh, I think one of the directors... No, not one of the directors. One of the... F- um, the producer... Or someone representing Warner Brothers said that if you look at Joel Schumacher's movies, they take place within the same universe as well, but they're not really directly linked towards each other. Like, if you look at Batman Forever, and I know I'm making terrible analogies at this, but just bear with me. If you look at Batman Forever and you look at Batman and Robin, 
Those are both Joel Schumacher movies, but they're not technically sequels of each other. They take place within the same universe. Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman 1984 does take place in the same universe, but it's not really sequel or linked towards each other in that way as well. So we could kind of look at it like that. To me, I feel like they need to represent something that connects to the first movie. Otherwise, there'd be no point of the first movie actually happening, you know? So, if they say it's not a sequel, I'm still going to watch it no matter what. I'm sure a lot of people, uh, other people are going to watch it too. So, those are my thoughts on Wonder Woman 1984. Aside from any other news, nothing else is going on, really. Um, Like I said, next week, I'm probably going to talk a spoiler-free review on Teen Titans Go! To the movies coming out this weekend. Uh... Before we end this episode of the podcast, let's go with a did you know section. We'll go with a uh, quote of the week, a supervillain quote of the week. So, did you guys know, and I've been thinking about, I don't know why I've been thinking about Spider-Man. I've been thinking about Spider-Man a lot. Like I said, Spider-Man is my favorite Marvel character. I've been thinking about Spider-Man a lot. And I think in preparation towards... Spider-Man Far From Home, I'm going to probably spend one week each week uh, on a segment talking about the Spider-Man films, re-watching them and what I think about them, so that's going to be some fun to look, you know, something to look forward to. But anyway, did you know that in the movie Spider-Man from 2002, Tobey Maguire, uh, Kirsten Dunst, or Kirsten, Kirsten Dunst, when they did that scene where they kissed in the rain, where Spider-Man is upside down and they kissed in the rain, that when she slowly takes off her mask, uh, his mask, and they begin kissing, it's a, like a very powerful like love scene. She actually cut the oxygen from him. Like he couldn't breathe at that time. The water from the rain was getting up to his nose. He was actually suffocating. So he was holding his breath for a good while. And he tried his best to not try to choke or cough or anything like that. And wanted to make the scene as powerful as, as he could. So in a way, if you truly think about it, when Mary Jane was trying to, was kissing Spider-Man, you could say she was trying to kill him at the same time. <laughs> Indirectly. I just find that very fascinating. I really, really do. If you rewatch that movie and you look at that scene, you can look at it like he's not breathing. He's not breathing. He had to hold his breath for as long as possible in order to do that scene. And it was a good scene and he's glad and, and I'm glad that it worked. Maybe that's why he used his web to try to shimmy back up because he was like, all right, this bitch is about to kill me. I'm about to probably do something. <laughs> There's no way how you treat a friendly neighborhood. <laughs> oh man, that's actually pretty funny. That not now that I think about it, that's pretty funny to look at. But there's my did you know uh, section of the podcast. I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have a lot of these every week. I'm, it's, it's fun because I personally didn't know that. I I really didn't. Like, I, I just found this out literally a few days ago as I was watching the movie. You know? 
I'm sure a lot of people knew about it, but whatever. I, I'm like, wow, that's that's actually pretty funny. So, our supervillain quote of the week to end this episode of the OTC Outside the Comics podcast goes to the Joker. That's right. A section from The Killing Joke. And as he's tormenting, or after he was tormenting James Gordon, poor guy. Sorry, I'm getting a little tongue-tied here. Well, I don't (laughs) know. I don't know, I thought I lost it and then I got it. Anyway, as I quote, Something like that happened to me, you know? I'm not exactly sure what it was. Sometimes I remember it one way, sometimes another. If I'm going to have a past, I prefer it to be multiple choice. Ha ha ha. And my thoughts to that is, if we're going to have different incarnations of the Joker... From the 1989 version, from the 1966 version, from the animated TV series, from the new Joker film starring Joaquin Phoenix, from the Oscar winner, rest in peace to the dude Heath Ledger. If we're going to have different incarnations of the Joker from video games to shows to movies to comics to any other content we want... You know what? It should be multiple choice. Whatever you choose is completely up to you. Because like I said, everything is subjective. Everything's relative. That's going to do it for this week's OTC podcast. OTC Outside the Comics podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can reach me at the... MG Magnum on Twitter or MG Magnum 715 on Instagram. Uh, if you want me to give any shout outs, let me know. If you want me to focus on a particular series or shows, I'm going to try to maybe try to start doing that. Once again, next week will be my final podcast before I go away for a few weeks and then I come back August 20th. After August 20th, actually. Uh. Hope everyone had a good time at San Diego Comic-Con. Definitely looking forward to the one in New York. Uh, Have fun watching Teen Titans Go to the movies this weekend. As of right now, I am done. I am through. Peace out.